And hello and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista along with Nathan Jones and we are transmitting live from www.twave.tv, twitcasting.tv and 102.3 FM, Hollandale, Florida. It's great to be here with every one of you. Well, today we're going to be continuing making our way in the book of Daniel chapter 11 as we talk about the willful king. And we pray that you can stay tuned to today's program. And before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. Just pray, Lord, make it real to us. Help us to understand you better and grow in our relationship with you. We pray, pray you bless all the technology involved. And as uh, Pastor David moves on to a new location, that uh, everything will come together well. And you'll bless their new church home for your honor and glory in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we look at Daniel 11, Willful King. Hey, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura, Calvary Chapel Brower, and The Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information here on twave.tv. And of course, we're in need of prayer partners. If you would like to be one of the prayer partners, get a hold of us here. You can call us at 305-992-9537. And of course, we're very excited about today's program. And before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, Happy New Year's. Happy New Year to you too, brother. I hope you had a good one. Yes, we had a fantastic New Year. We're so looking forward to this upcoming year. And I'm already calling it our Sweet 16. <laughs> well, I'm praying that 2016 is the year that the Lord returns. You know, Nathan, I am right there with you in that promise. And the way that things are wrapping up in biblical prophecy, I think it might just happen. It might. It might. The signs of the end times continue to get stronger and stronger, just as Jesus said. And uh, I think we're getting closer and closer. It might not be this year. It might. But uh, we know the Lord's coming for us soon. He promised. Absolutely. Well, Nathan, what a wonderful way to uh, for you to encourage us already into the new year with a possible rapture of the church. And Nate, of course, before we continue, maybe someone out there is not very familiar with the Lamb Lion Ministry. Can you share with us briefly, again, your contact information and maybe some resources or conferences that are coming up? Certainly. Again, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm the Associate Evangelist and Web Minister with Lamb and Lion Ministry. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And folks can check us out. Our website is lamblion.com or christinprophecy.org. There they can check out our television show, Christ in Prophecy. With Dr. David Reagan, who's our senior evangelist and founder. We also have articles, a magazine, a newsletter you can subscribe to, social networks, a blog, you name it. We want to teach you all about God's prophetic word, get you excited that Jesus Christ is coming soon. Ooh, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan Johnson. We were talking about conferences. I'm excited because you might be coming down in our direction here soon. I, what a blessing that you guys are having a Bible Prophecy Conference down in the Miami area, and I get to speak at one of the times. I encourage people to come the last weekend of January 2016 at North Hylia Baptist Church, and folks come out there, and uh, they can see Dr. David Reagan and Don Perkins and myself, and we'll be uh, having a great time, and brother, I hope uh, you and your church get to attend as well. Oh, I, I wouldn't miss it for the world, Nathan. I, I'm so looking forward to it. That is our opportunity to see and see you guys face to face. So uh, we hope that anyone listening or tuning in right now from uh, the South Florida area would come down and be part of that wonderful prophecy conference. So thank you, Nathan, for sharing that. Amen. Amen. Excited. You know, Nate. Also, um, we want to encourage those who are watching and listening to make their make their way over to our Facebook page. They are facebook.com/twave.tv. 
and follow that link there, that cast.s, and uh, also listen to this program live via tweetcasting.tv. So, Nathan, you and I would love to use technology just to bring the word out there, right? <laughs> Any technology possible. You can reach anybody in the world who has Internet access. That's 3 billion people. That's half the world population and growing exponentially. So, I think soon uh, every person on the planet will be able to be reached for Jesus Christ over technology. So, so glad, man that you guys over at T-Way were using radio and internet to, to get the gospel out. Well, Nathan, I, I think you all do a fantastic job there at Landline uh, as well, and we're just excited to be able to connect with you. And thank you for your time and also for being part of this program. You know, Nathan, you've been taking us through this incredible journey through the book of Daniel as we've been looking at God's mighty angels how they've been revealing these incredible prophecies to Daniel. And in chapter 11, you and I have spent, we kind of camped there and this will be our sixth or seventh uh, portion of looking at Daniel chapter 11 because there's just so much in that chapter. Before we continue, Nate, would you be able to give us a quick uh, recap there in chapter 11? Kind of like what's going on there? Well, we're back again with uh, the angel that came to Daniel. Had some trouble getting to Daniel, but he finally made it through Satan's forces. And he brought a message from God that told Daniel what the future would be over the next few hundred years. As the Greek Empire would take over all the land that Daniel was in, as the Persian Empire falls, the Greek Empire rises, Alexander the Great dies, and it splits his kingdom into four regions. The two that affect Israel is Seleucid in the north, which is Syria, and the Ptolemies in the south, which is Egypt. And then the angel continues to give Daniel the play-by-play -play battle, back and forth between the Ptolemies and the Seleucids, as they try to get more and more power, and Israel is buffeted, it's caught in the middle between these two great powers. And uh, that's what we're leading up to, particularly a ruler called Antiochus Epiphanes, or uh, they call him Antiochus Epimenes. He was a, the madman. He, he blasphemed God, he desecrated the temple, the Jewish people hate him, and they rose up in rebellion against him. And that's where we get what's called the Maccabean time period, as the Maccabees rose up and freed Israel for a very short time from the rule of the Greeks. Unfortunately, they asked the Romans for help. The Romans came in, they never left. Wow. You know, Nathan, and of course, and where you left us off in, our, in the last uh, segment of our program, we looked at verse 35 and talking about the persecution that, that was going to come there, and it was for the purpose of refining and purifying. And that's one of the things that oftentimes Christians don't uh, understand, that one of the promises is that we're going to be are persecuted and that there's going to be trials and tribulations. Exactly. And many times when we are in our most desperate, we turn to God for help. Even the most adamant atheist, when he's dying, calls out to God for help. And so this is what God does. He knows that man's heart can get very hard. We turn towards God and, and sometimes you have to really have terrible circumstances happen before you turn back to God. Now if you're a Christian, God's promised to always take care of you. And that's what he wants. He wants us in that relationship with him where we're dependent on God and God alone. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And now as we continue, as you take us through this journey there in Daniel 11, verse 36, we want to encourage anyone listening or tuned in, hey, follow along in, your, in the Bible. Uh, become a biblical uh, prophecy student so that you can take in all of what's going on uh, here in this incredible passage. So Nathan, thank you for the recap. And yeah, if you can continue to take us on the journey, that would be fantastic. Okay, well, we're about to enter a whole new section of Daniel. Daniel 11:36 goes all the way through chapter 12, 
And we're now skipping from the time of the Greeks duking it out over Israel. We're skipping ahead to the future. This is the future of Israel. This is the end of Israel's history during what's called the time of the Gentiles, where the Gentiles rule over the land of Israel. Even though Israel today has its own country, it's constantly buffeted by Gentile forces, other nations. And so this is neat because it's a, it's a really dramatic shift going from history now to the future. I love that. So yes, Nathan, and it's almost like, uh, again, as we like to call it, back to the future, moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> it very much is. It is. I mean, you're skipping well over 2,000 years of history here when we get to verse 36. And this is what was interesting. It's called prophetic perspective. In other words, the prophets of the Old Testament did not know that there would be a first coming of the Messiah and a second coming. They, mm. they just didn't understand. So when they had, were given prophecy or, or talked about prophecy, they lumped all the first and second coming prophecies together. And so here, as the angel gives Daniel this message, he just runs on as if there's not a, there's not even a skip. It just, hey, okay, we're in the Greek period. Oh, now we're in the future of Israel thousands of years later. But Daniel never would have understood that there was a thousand-year gap or why there was a thousand-year gap, two-thousand-year gap, because the Jewish people rejected their Messiah. So that's why it's kind of really abrupt here that all of a sudden we're skipping 2,000-plus years is because uh, Daniel would never understood that there would be a time period, a church age, in between these two time periods. Mm, excellent point. And of course, and we'll look for that further when we get into chapter 12 uh, in this continuous revelation of the future. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And all of chapter 12, too, continues to talk about Israel in the future. Absolutely. So, yeah, Nathan, so talk to us about this. Uh, uh, the title of our message is The Willful King, and you're going to continue to take us through that verse 36 and on. Okay, well, let's uh, try to tackle 36 through 39. I'll go ahead and read that in the New King James Version. It reads, Then the king shall do according to his own will. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every god. He shall speak blasphemies against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished. For what has been determined shall be done. And he shall regard neither the god of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any god, for he shall exalt himself above them all. But in their place he shall honor a god of fortresses, and a god which his fathers did not know, he shall honor with gold and silver, mm. with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus he shall act against the strongest fortresses with a foreign god, which he shall acknowledge, and advance its glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many, and devise the land for gain. Nathan, that right there really uh, strikes a chord with me when I was looking at that passage, uh, dividing the land for gain. So talk to us a little bit more. What's all, all this is going on over here? Because you already told us this. we're taking a leap into the future. We are. And really what we're talking about here is the Antichrist. The Antichrist is the one world ruler who eventually will conquer the entire world. And he will be part of the major player, I should say, not just part, but the major player of the seven-year tribulation, at Daniel's uh, 70th week, as we learned earlier in Daniel. And that means this is a time period where God will pour out his wrath on the world for sin against him. The church, that's those who believe in Jesus as Savior, will already have been raptured off this earth, and the rest of the world will then have to face the wrath of God. And part of the wrath of God is to let loose man's desire to fulfill it, to have a one-world global government, which, brother, as you know, that's all the world seems to be talking about now, is that yeah. we need some government over the entire globe to manage it and bring peace. 
And the Antichrist will be that guy. He will come up, everyone will think he's great, he'll bring peace and stability after economic and wars and hardships and all, and the world will give him power, but he it will be fake. He'll be a wolf in sheep's clothing. He'll be a warmonger, and he'll plunge the world into war. Now, what we've got here is we've got a very good description of his personality. Mm. And when we combine it with the other descriptions that were given in Daniel, we can get an idea of what the personality of the Antichrist, who would, what his characteristics are like. Excellent point. And of course, Nathan, this Antichrist is also spoken through it all, all through the Old Testament, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, right? Matthew 24, also Revelation chapter 6. And this is this same powerful guy that is going to rise up to rule the world. Exactly, yeah, you're right. As a matter of fact, Second uh, Thessalonians 2 calls him the man of lawlessness. Uh, it describes him as a braggart, a, an incredible egotist, a blasphemer of God. He's very contemptuous about anybody who has a different view than he has. Uh, he's also demonic in nature. This man isn't just operating on himself. Satan himself possesses the Antichrist and is a man who lives for destruction. And so that's why Second Thessalonians 2 calls him the man of lawlessness. It's not that he doesn't have laws, he creates his own laws, right. but he's against the laws of God. Wow, and, and we see that spirit of Antichrist all over our world right now, right, Nathan? We see ISIS on the move, we see the hatred towards Jewish and Christianity, anti-Semitism. I mean, that's all right there. We do, and it's interesting that as the world gets more and more infected with this view that we need a global government, it's willing to accept what the Antichrist would bring, and that is a worship of a man, a god, basically. Kind of like that they used to worship the Caesars in Rome. They're looking, uh, the Antichrist would be looking for self-worship. And so here we read in, in Daniel 11, who uh, the angel here calls the willful king, it's the same explanation as, as 2 Thessalonians 2. He's a braggart. He's an incredible egotist. He thinks he knows it all. He's a terrible blasphemer of God. And he's contemptuous against anything that's related to God. But Daniel 11 gives us some more uh, characteristics of him. For one, he's very willful, and that's where we get the title, the willful king. In other words, he's willful for carrying out what he wants to do right. for himself and his master Satan. He's also, which is interesting, he has no desire of women. Now, it's interesting, you've probably heard that before, Vic, uh, when that passage here says that... Um, that, uh, let me pull up the exact verse here that we just read. Uh, he shall, verse 37, he shall regard you the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women. Mm. Have you ever given any thought about what that verse might mean? Well, Nathan, that's a good question. Some believe, I mean, some even believe that this individual might actually be uh, of a homosexual nature or one that doesn't care anything for uh, uh, women, you know, so... That's, those are some, some interpretation, but obviously it's one that may be so self-consumed with himself that he really doesn't care about anyone else. Yeah, that could be very well. He could have a very stunted relationship. We know that Hitler had a Eva Braun, and they supposedly married just before he, he had himself killed, but at the same time he was supposed to be very uh, cold and aloof and just had no interest in, in sexuality. You're right, man. He could... Maybe by not having desire for women, it's not that he's a homosexual, although that would be an anti-Christ, an anti-Jesus, against the natural law of God. But maybe he's just cold towards all women. Some have even interpreted this to mean that the desire of women is Jesus Christ. Uh, the desire of women is the Messiah, and therefore he has no desire for the Messiah. But 
I don't know. A lot of Christians uh, seem to go with that interpretation, but that's a real stretch, I think. I don't know how yeah. you get that out of that passage. But well, yeah, well, actually, you know, Nate, and as I know we've co- uh, we mentioned certain commentaries, I know John MacArthur and some others, you know what I'm saying? They uh, they hint towards these kind of things. I personally, I will say, I'm not 100% sure. I don't know. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll go with the Vic interpretation. Uh, I don't know until further notice. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, right? We can only guess. But what we know is that he has no interest in women. And, and that's right. just go with a, a little interpretation. So, maybe he's a sexual pervert. Maybe he just has no interest whatsoever well, in, and Nathan, in anything. But yeah. that, that's what it says. And it's Nathan, also, it's interesting that Daniel 2 gives us two other characteristics. One, he's very militaristic. He loves the god of fortresses. He he worships a god that's never been seen before. Yeah, and, uh, right. So when people say, say, well, the religion of the Antichrist will be Islam or atheism or all, no. The Bible says here he will create an all-new religion, and we know that it's the worship of self. Uh, we can read in, in other passages uh, where he sets up an abomination of desolation, which we read in Second Thessalonians 2, and, and in Revelation it talks about, he creates, uh, the Antichrist's false prophet creates a statue of him that everybody worships. So this new religion isn't a religion that exists today, but it's a religion of the worship of him and Satan through him. Right. You know, Nathan, and I mean, this is just my, my uh, two cents also in terms of uh, when I consider Revelation chapter 12, and we're talking about him having no regard uh, for women, I mean, Revelation 12, 1 says, Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman, and of course we know that's representing I- Israel, right? Woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and the head and the garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out with labor in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and seven horns and seven diadems of his head. And again, and there it talks a little about since hatred towards this woman and I was just thinking about that passage where you just mentioned there, no regard for women. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's an interesting uh, interpretation. Uh, I, I have a little difficulty with that being the interpretation, only because it doesn't say uh, the, a woman or a desire of a woman, but desired women, plural. And if Israel is represented by the one woman there, as you read in, in um, Revelation, then I have a hard time seeing that as the interpretation, but it could be. Well, I like that. I, I, we can speculate a little bit, right? That's what everybody else seems to do. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all we can do. I, I mean, if you want to go exactly word for word, it says, He shall regard neither the God of his fathers, God capitalized, nor Yahweh, right. nor the desire of women, plural. So, he doesn't desire women. He, he has no interest in exactly whatever that means. So, that's a characteristic of him. And I think then, when you think that the Antichrist is the opposite of Jesus Christ, everything that, that God has created as, as the laws of the universe, the natural laws, the Antichrist believes in the complete opposite. Mm. So, me personally, again, if we want to speculate, me personally, I believe the Antichrist will be a homosexual. For one, we're seeing an incredible increase in homosexual activity in the world. Uh, right. And uh, we're also seeing the breakdown because of the breakdown of the family and and yes. the lustfulness and the open acceptance of it, that the world can easily now accept a homosexual as their ruler. But it wouldn't even have been thought of 20 years ago. Right. But it wouldn't be a problem. If we today elected a gay president, I don't think anyone would bat an eye. We would just expect it. And so the world's ready for someone with that kind of um, sin issue. It's okay to them if he rules. 
Well, Nathan, and we even see a lot of people maybe don't recognize it, but it's a lot of acceptance of that lifestyle, even in Israel, amongst the Jewish people, which you would think that should be appalling, right? No, it is. I've been to Tel Aviv a few times, and Tel Aviv is the Mediterranean capital of the homosexuals. That, that's where they go for their vacations and their parties, and and to think that Israel is openly promoting it. Matter of fact, the, the first openly gay Knesset member uh, just got elected recently, and, and they're and the Jews are claiming that that's a big victory for gay rights. Wow. And yet it's against the very word of God, homosexuality. It's against the natural order that God created things for creating family, for creating love, for creating stability, for yes. creating happiness. And it's just not there in homosexuality. So to me, I believe the Antichrist will most likely be a homosexual because, again, he goes against the natural order of things. No, and I'm glad you shared that. You know, Nathan, and we also want to encourage anyone uh, listening and, and they're, they're tuned in that we, we actually, we pray for the homosexuals. I know there's a lot of people that are trapped in the lifestyle, but people can be delivered and maybe someone is tuning in and listening. We don't want them to get the wrong impression. We want them to know that sin is sin. God hates all form of sin, but we'll see that the Antichrist is going to be that ultimate culmination uh, that doesn't care about anything. So, we also uh, want individuals to know, hey, you know what? God loves you. God has a plan for you. Maybe you find yourselves uh, bound by these types of sin and vices, but there is victory in Christ Jesus, right, Nate? Amen, brother. Christ died for the sinner no matter what the sin issue is. Homosexuality, fornication, adultery, lust. Uh, you were talking about lying, cheating, stealing. You name it. We're all sinners. We all need Jesus Christ as our Savior. And unfortunately, the Antichrist will never accept Jesus Christ as Savior. It's interesting that we get a lot more information about the Antichrist throughout Daniel. Uh, we've covered both Daniel chapter 7, where the Antichrist is called the Little Horn. And there we learn that he also is a persecutor of believers. In other words, he doesn't just live against the laws of God. He hates God's people. He hates the Christian. And during the tribulation, the Antichrist will be an incredible, incredible worse. He'll make Hitler look like a schoolboy in comparison because his persecution of believers, those who accept Jesus as Savior after the rapture, will be tremendous against them. Wow, that, that is amazing. And you know, Nathan, that's why as you're taking us through Daniel uh, 11 here, verses 36 and on, I love the way that you start explaining his personality and his character because that says a lot about a person. It does, and Daniel's been given very much. Matter of fact, I, like I always say, Daniel is the revelation of the Old Testament, and Daniel's been given a lot of information about the end times and about the Antichrist. You know, let's look at chapter 8 again briefly, where the Antichrist is a small horn, and we get even more details about his character. For one, he is very insolent. You know, he, he, he believes that he is the top dog, and he is, and so he's insolent against God, against uh, any uh, morality and human law. He's also remarkably deceptive and shrewd. Mm. He is very gifted politically. He is an incredible peacemaker. He knows how to manipulate people. And uh, he, that's how he rises to power. In the first seal judgment of Revelation chapter 6, we're given the picture of a rider on a white horse who carries a bow but has no arrows. Right. In other words, he conquers the world, but he doesn't use military force. And that's how the Antichrist will do it. He will be elected president of the world, not because he conquers the world, but because people will willfully want to do this. They will see him as the best 
of the best of humanity, the most peaceful, the most loving, the most handsome, the most wonderful, the most smart, the most shrewd, and they will create him as the leader. And he willfully accepts it. Now, he shows his true colors once he gets into the position, of course. Absolutely. You know, Nathan, I, I love what you're saying because as we look at this passage, there is so much hidden here. And we want to encourage anyone tuned in. Again, you're tuned in to the Truth We Set You Free Bible Prophecy, TV, Radio Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Daniel 11, talking about the willful king, this Antichrist that is coming. If you'd like to text in a question or a comment, feel free to do so. 305-992-9537. For those of you that are following us live there, Via our Facebook page, Tweetcasting, you can also post your questions or your comments there as well. Again, Nathan, awesome. Again, as you're talking about his personality, anything else that you want to draw our attention there as you're taking us through Daniel chapter 11? Well, verses 36 through 39, I think that the most detailed characteristic about the Antichrist is he's an idolater. Mm. In other words, the idolatry is the worship of, of anything but God. And the thing that he is an idolater for is he honors the god of fortresses. In other words, he's, he, he loves the god of war. It's a god that his fathers didn't honor. And it says he honors this god of fortresses with gold, silver, precious stones, and pleasant things. Wow. In other words, that he puts all his money and all his attention into this god of fortresses. Now, back up a bit, and we read that he exalts himself above everything else. So this God of fortresses, this God of war, we could say, is himself. And again, this is a religion of self-worship of the Antichrist as a God among men. You know, Nathan, and isn't that um, what we are seeing? Uh, I mean, I love uh, movies, uh, the Avengers, and uh, and all these kind of things. And when you mention God among men, that's what people are waiting for. They're looking and waiting for this Superman to arrive on the scene, right? Have you ever wondered if, if this huge public interest in superheroes isn't setting us up for a real-life superhero to show up who says he'll bring peace to the world, but will really bring tyranny? Absolutely. I mean, Nathan, I have seen lately so much more things being produced by Hollywood dealing with this whole Superman, uh, Avengers uh, type of uh, Iron Man, and we see people are just eating it up. Oh, yeah. I, I saw one special on the history of comic books. I know, I'm a nerd. But <laughs> the, the, the whole thing started with that the superheroes of today are the Roman or Greek gods of yesterday. In other words, today we put as much attention, time, and energy into the gods of today, superheroes, that the Greeks and Romans did with their super gods. And so if we have a society who wants a superman to show up, not God who's perfect, we want a flawed man just like us but has superpowers to fix everything, all the Antichrist has to do is show up, be supercharged by Satan himself, do amazing things. And the Bible says very much he and his false prophet will, will perform signs and wonders that the world will think, hey, here's a superman to save us. And they will give him total power. Wow. You know, Nathan, absolutely. I mean, that that's exactly... Uh, certain people don't see how this world is lining up exactly for that. The stage is set. All the players are in order, and that's why we believe that the, that next sign that uh, we are waiting for is the rapture of the church, and, and that can happen at any moment once we see the sage pretty much being set. Very much so. I think the sage is very well set. Uh, there's some other issues that have to come up ahead of time, uh, other prophecies that need to be fulfilled, 
but they could happen real quick and in tandem, which would escalate the Antichrist to a position where the world would give him power. Mm, excellent point. Excellent point, Nathan. Of course, for those of you that are tuned in, you're tuned in to that truth. We'll set you free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Daniel chapter 11. And for those of you that are tuned into the program and maybe you've been listening our conversation and you come to recognize uh, you don't have a relationship with the Lord, that if the rapture were to happen, you would know uh, where you would end up. And, and, you know, we want to encourage you. We want to let you know that the time is right today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can come to Christ and those fears uh, could be put to an end. And, and Nathan, how would you encourage that person out there that maybe doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, they're, they're fearful, how that fear could be driven out? Well, it's easy to be fearful when you read about an Antichrist. When you think of a, a one-world ruler who will enslave the planet and kill all the tribulation saints as much as he can, that is something to be fearful for. But if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that is not your future. Your future is to be raptured up to heaven, to meet the Lord in the air, to spend our forever with Him, and not have to endure for this tribulation time period, God's wrath on the world, and the Antichrist, Satan's wrath through the Antichrist. So... Mm -hmm. To do that, though, you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, and whoever believes in him shall not perish, yes. but have eternal life. Make that your verse. That's John 3.16. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Mm, wow, what a wonderful way to close our program, and what a wonderful word of encouragement. And Nathan, uh, thank you so much for opening up these scriptures and giving us this incredible insight into the personality and character uh, of this Antichrist found here in Daniel chapter 11. And well, Nathan, you and I, we did a, we pushed really hard today to try to close chapter 11, but it doesn't seem that way. It seems we're going to have to return to this. We'll have to because the next session <laughs> is about a war that the Antichrist gets into. So I think we've got a good stopping off. Uh, yeah, you're right, brother. We didn't finish Daniel 11 like we hoped, did we? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an excuse to let those listening and those watching to return. Same bat time, same bat channel, right? <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Nathan Jones, thank you so much for um, being part of the program. And it's always a pleasure to have you on. And I hope you have a wonderful week. You too, brother. Thank you again for having me on. Thank you. I want to thank everybody for tuning in again to our program. Big Patisa Nathan Jones saying, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and keep your eyes on the Lord. He's coming very soon. Have a great week and may the Lord bless you.